This podcast is brain powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlling transmission. Dr. Carl and Alan Spencer. Now, if you're thinking, oh, this guy doesn't sound like Dr. Carl or Adam Spencer, you're right. It's not. My name is Dan Illick, and due to a glitch in the space-time continuum, otherwise known as a diary clash, uh, Adam and Carl couldn't make it to Sydney today to talk to today's Sleek Geek guest. I'm neither a mathematician or a doctor, but I am a listener of Sleek Geeks and my other favourite science podcast that comes out of the uh, Hayden Planetarium in New York City, the Star Talk, uh, st- sorry, Star Talk, which is the podcast, the host of which joins me now, the sexiest astrophysicist in the world, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, hello. Uh, yeah, thanks. First, that moniker is, is, is 15 years old. Well, I, so. I, I imagine it's a bit like the, the term president. Like, once you get it, everyone calls okay, you that. Okay. <laughs> right. You, you want to say ex-president, but technically they can still be called president. <laughs> right. Even though they're long out of office. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Do you get out playing golf on the weekends? <laughs> exactly. And, and painting, exactly. Other, painting other world leaders. Uh, now, Dr. Tyson, it's very exciting to it's have you. It's great to be on Sleek Geek, and I'm a card-carrying geek, so I feel right at home with your audience. Well, your, our audience is very familiar with you. First of all, we are here backstage at the Horton Pavilion. Yes, we are. Where it has been sold out to rock stars, and I believe you are the first group of scientists to sell out the whole Horton Pavilion. Does that make you the rock star of astrophysics? <laughs> I guess. So. I, I, uh, I, I suppose so. Well, but it's it's it's. Um, the fact that science is manifesting in many different ways previously unimagined. For example, in the States, and I don't know what it is around the world, Uh the number one show in any genre, in any genre on television, is called The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) And so that is the number one show in the United States. And that was low-hanging fruit that I think most producers said, we can't do that, that's not going to work. But it is working. So science is showing up in unexpected places. Have they asked you to be on it as a cameo? Yes, I would. I, I, I did a cameo a couple of years ago, but I don't know how to act. So, so I, so I warned them and I said, "You gotta. Um, if if you're gonna have me, don't have me emote. Just I got it. Why don't you have me utter sentences that contain the word Pluto? Because." There is no sentence with are Pluto you, that I have yet to utter. Are you just trying to make up the fact that Pluto is now no longer a planet no, due no, to your handiwork? I have you have it, blood, you have rock on your hands. I have rock, bloody rock on my hands, but I'll, I'll take it because Pluto is actually happier that way, I'm sure. Right, we have a segment on Slategate called Twitter Time where we take questions from Twitter and we try and bring answers to your questions. Are you ready to go? Yeah, do it. What's up? Twitter Time. Yeah! Come on! Twitter! All right, first question comes from Lewis and Veronica from Triple J, who I believe you spoke to earlier. This oh, month. I did, yes, yes. And, yes. They, and they, they actually said to me, you know what, he's got a catchphrase. What's that? Who ordered that? <laughs> Do you realise you say that all the time? No, I don't say that all the time. I say when the time requires it. But I don't think that's all the time. That's well, only some of the time. Do you know where you might have picked that up from? Uh, uh, I... I in my field, uh-huh. we, have, we mention that every now and then because we are stupefied often in astrophysics. A black hole gets discovered. Who ordered that? Where, where did that come from? The universe is what? It's, it's, it's expanding? How does the universe expand? What? It's accelerating? What? what, what there's gravity with no known source? There's dark? Dark matter? Who ordered that? So, so in my field, stuff is getting ordered up all the time, and we have no idea who's doing the ordering. 
Well, I've got a bit of history etymology for you. I've got a bit of etymology for you. Um, it might have originally come from Isidore Isaac Rabi, who, in, who okay. discovered the muon electron in okay. 1934. Yes, good, good. <laughs> okay. go. So it, you come from a long line of scientists who use, <laughs> okay. who ordered that. Second question comes from Lawrence Lung. He's a comedian in Australia. He asks... I love comedians, by the way. Yeah. I think they are the soul of our culture carrying it forward in ways that no one else knows or even can dream of. Well, I'm very hesitant to call myself a comedian now, but thank you very much, I guess. I guess that's what I should say. Mm -hmm. Comedian Lawrence Lung, he asks, if there's, uh, if there's not supposed to be sound in the vacuum of space, why did your spaceship in Cosmos have cool sound effects as it passed us by? Oh, oh, well, because that's the sound it, you think it should be making in your head. That's why. <laughs> Okay. So, so, that, that it's, so it's a psychological sound, not a literal sound. Good question. Next question, Albert Santos from Instagram. He asks, what's the biggest barrier between humanity and travelling at light speed or warp speed, a la Star Trek? Uh, uh, other than we have no freaking idea how to <laughs> manipulate the laws of physics to make it happen, any advances in space exploration that do not happen are from the absence of vision and the absence of funding. He also asks, what's the dumbest scientific trope on, on sci-fi movies that you hate the most? Oh, the wire-haired scientist who only answers your question about whether the world will end, but you otherwise don't care whether they have a family or are they in love, or because they're not real people, they're just information centers. And that is, that is, a, that is an emasculation of an entire branch of human understanding of the universe when you portray scientists in that way. So what have you got? You've got a bit of a chip on your shoulder. Let <laughs> I me mean, just fix it up for you. <laughs> no, we're changing. We got now scientists. Right. Like the scientists in the movie um, Interstellar. The, the lead five characters were all scientists and engineers. And they had family, they had loved ones, they had children. And so which, that's been changing. So, so you don't need me to change that trope. It's changing on its own. Oh, well, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the wrestling, sexy, Chippendale wannabe, <laughs> you go far from that trope. So well done. Uh, Tim D'Souza. Oh, sorry, this one's from Paige. Next question comes from Paige. What is the most scientific, uh, what, what is the most surprising or intriguing aspect of dark energy? Oh, uh, that we can measure its existence, yet have no clue what it is. That's, that, is, that, is, that makes it doubly mysterious. That's because there are thing. things you can invent. You can invent stuff that could be out there, like the ether. You look back 120 years, we thought maybe the universe was pervaded by the luminiferous ether. That, that's what it was called. And it was, a, it, was a, it was a medium through which light would pass in the way sound requires material objects through which to move. And so it was a natural expectation that it was there, but it was never there. We learned that we don't even need it. So it evaporated overnight once we discovered how to move light through a vacuum. The ether never existed. No one ever measured it. Dark energy, we measure it. We measure its existence, yet we have no clue. That's why it is profoundly mysterious. It's like the rash on my inner thigh. I don't want to know about your rash on your inner thigh. <laughs> Tim D'Souza, he's a, I think this guy's a lawyer. He asks, how can scientific truth win over political convenience? Oh, I think this is interesting because oh. of your history as a, as, a, as a divisor to many presidents. Ooh, so that's a good one. So what you need is to have a scientifically literate public elect the right politicians in the first place so that you wouldn't even have to be in a position to ask that question. Wow, that is very profound. And as someone, have you had a meeting with the science minister in Australia? No. Oh, that's right, because they're eight <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I heard, I've been reading up, I heard they finally appointed one. 
<laughs> Isn't that correct? There was a gap in the, in the appointment, but then they finally got around to putting one in place. But, but, but the fact that it took so long tells me that that was, oh, we'll get around to it eventually. We have other important things we need to prioritize. Things that aren't scientific. Yeah, and, and yet science is, is foundational to your survival as a civilization and as a species in the 21st century. Now, I've got three last questions. These come from uh, the fill-in host of Star Talk, as well as the original Star... Uh, Three last questions they come from this, the fill-in host of Slate Geeks, as well as the original hosts of Slate Geeks. First from me, uh, what's it like to be turned into an internet meme? That was, that was a little weird and a little creepy, and I, didn't, I can't ever claim to have understood it, but uh, it, it, it was, looked harmless enough, and so there's the badass meme you're talking about. This is the badass meme. If you're, if you're wondering what it is, Google, uh, watch out, guys, we're dealing with a badass over yeah, here. Yeah, just, just Google badass. It'll come up as, <laughs> it's, it's out there. Uh, and... And it's got, it, it's a capturing of me talking about Isaac Newton. But you don't know that because it's missing, because it's, it's just a simple image. So how does it feel to have that slither of culture that might, um, if we play our cards right, leave in perpetuity? Yeah, I don't, if, if I had to pick how I'd be remembered <laughs> in, in life and in civilization, I, I wouldn't put that meme at the top of the list, no. Okay, two last questions. Uh -huh. This one comes from Adam B. Spencer on Twitter. What's your favorite prime number and why? Oh, uh, my favorite prime number is not a prime number. Yeah, um, my favorite prime number is one. I, I, I object to the fact that that has been excluded from the prime numberhood <laughs> because it is divisible by itself in one. So, 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 so let it be a prime number. Just let right? it be. Just let it be. Prime number lives matter. <laughs> okay, and the very word prime means one, first, so, so I think it has everything going for it. And so, so that's my favorite prime number, the number one, even though it's not technically a prime number. And excellent, and this one comes from at Dr. Carl. How will wearing yellow pants and crazy shirts impact the universe at large? Ooh, uh, uh, that could put a disturbance in the space-time continuum that we cannot <laughs> foresee or imagine. So, so I would be cautious. <laughs> about making such fashion statements. <laughs> you heard it, Carl. Be careful, be careful. <laughs> From one doctor to another. Uh, well, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, it's been great to have this Star Talk Sleek Geeks crossover podcast. Yes, yes, a cross-pollination, that yeah. would be. Happy to be on the show. Thank you. All right. Good luck with the, uh, with the sellout show here at the Hall Yeah, it's sold out, yeah. So now that puts extra pressure, but um, we're, we're gonna try to rock the house. Blind them with science. Cakes.